0: Oh boy, howdy, it's Empty the Cues! This is an episode in which Caroline and I talk about episode 8, season 1 of Avatar The Last Airbender. And my cat has come to bite my leg. Uh, this is the second half of the two-parter. The first uh, episode was with hey Bai. Um, so this is the one with like Admiral Zhao and things are all dicey and scary what both of you can you hear them both yelling at me um anyway speaking of uh there's a little bit of background noise in this episode so sorry but not that sorry um this is our fuck off podcast and i'm really sleepy so uh, i hope you enjoy this episode um if you become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash empty the you can hear some extended material in which Kara uh, and I talk about the sort of ableism around a diagnosis of sociopathy um, and nature versus nurture and things like that. It's actually like really fascinating conversation, but just like a little maybe too heavy for this episode, which is surprising given um, this track can get pretty heavy uh anyway uh here is the episode enjoy and again you can find us on patreon if you want to okay so we are now at part two of this two-parter i still kind of feel like like it didn't really need to be a two-parter uh Mm -hmm. but that's okay (laughs) yeah it was an interesting choice
1: to be like oh this is going to be a two-part arc it didn't necessarily feel like it needed to directly connect in that kind of way like i get it but i don't know i don't know how to explain it just didn't quite feel like a it felt like two separate parts of a story not like yeah i don't really know where i'm going with that sentence but
0: <laughs> you can you say something smart now <laughs> i wonder if nickelodeon just <laughs> i wonder if nickelodeon uh just was like hey we think that for scheduling this would work better as a two-part episode like maybe we don't think that kids will remember from one episode to the next like it could have just been a network thing that's true it could be that could very well be so let's get into a summary if you wanna yeah. um you know as per usual quick brief us and then we can God. we can dig into again pretty much just the last 10 minutes yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Okay, so the best I can do summarizing this sucker, because that was a doozy as well. Um, Doozy and formidable are the words of this track. Um, So. It's so true. (laughs) Uh, So Aang is trying to sneak off to get to the temple in the Fire Nation without uh, Katara and Sokka at first. Of course, then uh, that doesn't happen. Um, And as pretty much as soon as they've departed Zuko rolls up and uh, he is chasing then after the gang and flinging fireballs at them which was uh, stressful and they end up coming across a blockade and uh, Iro is like hey if we turn around right now Zuko you won't get arrested but Zuko's like no we're doing this Commander Zhao is there and is 100% fine with just shooting everybody down. Um, Appa manages to avoid a hit. Zuko's ship does not and takes some damage. And then uh, and then, uh, Aang is able to protect them from a fireball in a very cool way. And then Zhao allows Zuko and company to pass through into the Fire Nation. Uh, And it's so that he can follow them to the avatar. So um, we reach... This fucking guy. This fucking guy. This fucking guy. Fuck this guy. He's the worst. Um,
0: Fuck uh, this
1: guy. I hate him so much. Um, But so then we get to the temple and it appears to be abandoned at first, but actually there is a group of sages that have been the guardians of the temple since forever. And... uh, they're trying to attack the gang. One of them, whose name I forgot to write down, but one of them uh, is on their side and shows them a secret way to get to Roku. So they're, uh, they're led to the, the door, um, which they can't open. Um, and because the only the only way to open it uh, is either for a fully realized avatar to open it or for all of the stages to work together at the same time, which obviously is not going to happen. So Sokka has a great idea, mm-hmm. like a really good idea um, of faking it by using like small explosives that he just kind of. Cobbles together, um, basically, and creating uh, fake fire bending, and it doesn't work. But they, this is where they get creative, and they have a little gambit, and they decide to make it look like they're inside, and look as though they've gotten in, so that then they, uh, the fire stages, will open the door to get to them, thus opening the door and letting them in. But. So that works. Yeah, I wanna return
0: to that in a second. Um, so I wanna yeah. return specifically to this being like a, a badass soccer moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna we'll put a pin in this and we'll come yeah, back. Because I it. love that. I do wanna talk more about that.
1: <laughs> um so, the door opens. It's looking good, and then there's this moment where I thought maybe Aang was just hesitating, but it turns out Zuko's there, Rutro, and he gets a hold of Aang. Uh, Aang manages to get away and just barely get in through the door, which will not open again. They try to open it, and it won't. He, they can't get into him. So, Roku um, appears to Aang. The commander shows up and is trying to arrest Zuko. Um, and we then we learn about what the comet is all about, which was something that it was used to start the war um, because they harnessed the power of it and it made the Fire Nation a lot stronger. And the the comet's coming back at the end of the summer. And somehow somehow, Aang is going to have to figure out how to master all the everythings and uh, defeat uh, Ozai I think I'm pronouncing the name right Ed, by the end of that before the comet yes. comes back which, no pressure so uh, <laughs> um, let's see then uh, Glowy Aang returns, which is so much fun, I love my glow little glow worm moment, and um, he's like channeling <laughs> Roku and says no you may not to the flames um, Zuko manages to get away the temple's being destroyed, holy shit uh, Aang returns after channeling Roku, I'm assuming that's what was happening, it was like channeling him um, the sages get arrested and then there's this nice little family moment at the end, it's a very quiet ending Uh, where we don't actually get, like, follow-up dialogue with the gang, but they have this nice going-off-into-the-moon moment. And that's pretty much the gist. Uh, A strip down greatly. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So. Yeah. First off, let's talk about this moment with Sokka, Mm -hmm. because I want to, again, like, the way that people think about Sokka so often just really frustrates me. Mm -hmm. And any evidence I have that Sokka is, like, honestly, the brains of the group, I am happy for those moments. Yeah, Sokka is smart as hell. He's very smart. He's so resourceful. Like, he is... Dude, he's just, like, a violent bottle air. Like, he's just yeah. also a bastard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah,
0: he's a pain in the
1: ass, but he's a smart pain in the ass.
0: Yes. He was, uh, like, not to talk about uh, transphobic uh, wizard books too much, but uh-huh. he was compared a lot to Ron Weasley. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because, you know, the the way that the show came out at, like, around the same time. Yeah. And in the movies, Ron Weasley was Basically, just depicted as like big idiot, and that was how a lot of people thought of Sokka. Yeah, because Sokka is the comic relief. Yeah, it is so rare. Oh my god! Oh, this influenced my writing. I think (laughs) I'm realizing. Yeah, Uh, it's well, it's it's so rare that a comic relief character is like the brains. Mm -hmm. You know, um. Unless we're going, like, full-on mad scientist, which is not what Sokka is. He is, like, so his own thing. He really does not fit an archetype. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I love that. I just think that he's, like... Like, they could have veered into so many different, like, really easy... Really easy tropes for him. Mm -hmm. And they could have done that for all the characters. And he is such a good depiction of how they they don't. Like, every character is so who they are and they don't fit into these categories well
1: it's really it, it is really refreshing because you know i think that is such a big part of what keeps the show feeling different from anything i've seen before it's not just that it's very creative and it's really interesting and all that that's all great but it is doing things with character tropes and and you know it and and archetypes that you don't normally see especially in children's media um they're taking these really interesting routes that are I, of course they're influential because it's fun to see something different and we latch onto that cuz then it's not the same thing I've seen 600 times before funny how that works
0: yeah like even uh with with last or i guess two episodes ago with katara mm-hmm. um standing up for the earthbenders and like getting herself arrested katara is so clearly a like mom friend archetype yeah. like she is a nurturer yeah. she is also like i think that we can now pretty much see she is without a doubt the scariest oh yeah member of of their little it's, it's uh, that triad yeah like she, again, could and would fuck you up. Yeah, it. and I think I
1: like when... I think that actually is very much a characteristic of nurturing people, though, and we don't really think about that because part of being a nurturing person is you're going to go to the fucking mattresses for the people you care about. And that is... I mean, it, it really is... Everyone I know who is nurturing is also protective Those two go very much hand in hand and, you know, being protective can bring up this very scary
0: side. Oh, yeah. yeah. I will say, and this is much more like a season two and especially season three thing for Katara. Mm. So, like, we've got a ways, but I, I totally agree that that is true and i think it's true for katara but i do think that as she gets older and mm-hmm. as she becomes more like embroiled in this in this world uh and this war mm-hmm. uh she also uses that justification for a lot of really interesting
1: things mm-hmm. okay well i'm very excited to see that come to pass because she she interests me as a character yeah not just because i i identify with her in that way because i i am kind of similar in that way i am i'm i'm the mom friend in every group i'm in Uh, (laughs) i'm always the mom friend and um and like i'm literally a mom you know so i think that that I automatically identify with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I also go into what I refer to as angry squirrel mode. Um, and I will just. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: I, you do. I really do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> angry squirrel mode can be activated in me and I will just. Rah, and I will. I will. You know, I'm not going to be um, mean necessarily, but I will. Um, I will. I will. Very happily, and on behalf of people I care about, uh put people in their place.
0: Very, very fine with doing yeah, that. Yeah, I have angry Chihuahua mode. Nice. Um, partially also because I'm very small, so like my rage is just like yep, 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 and like a whole ton of like snapping at the air, just like little <laughs> awful bites. That's me. So I, I feel having having joined <laughs> you
1: in a couple of like Twitter spats. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, let's let's talk about uh, this comet. Like, we got to talk about the this comet. The freaking comet! There's so much to it. Oh unpack. my god. Um, yeah. So first off, I will say, the comet's name is really significant. And we know that the mm-hmm. comet was used to start the war. Yeah. So, the comet's name is... Is Susan's comet, and I'm gonna yeah, Susan real quick. <clears throat> yeah, okay, yeah, you got pronunciation.
1: Yeah, I wrote it um, down because I wasn't sure. <laughs>
0: yes. So this is Susan's comet, mm-hmm. and I think that you should just have some background on who Susan is.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, because it's named for a historical figure. Um. So, just to give some lineage, Sozin was the ruler of the Fire Nation. While Avatar Roku Mm -hmm. was alive, Sozin is the one who started the war. Yeah. Um. Sozin's son, uh, is a Zulon.
1: Zulon. Okay. Who.
0: So yeah, so Sozin, Azulon, and then Azulon's son is, or Azulon's sons mm-hmm. are Iroh and Ozai. Ozai is the current Fire Lord, mm-hmm. and he's Zuko's father. All right, right, right. Um, so we are just like a few generations away from Sozin.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I, I, I was trying.
1: I, for some reason, like a hundred years feels on paper longer than it actually is um it's really not (laughs) that long a time but when you're like gosh a century sounds like so much but yeah no that's um that's history
0: for you um i wonder how much of that is because america is like a baby an infant yeah (laughs) well I mean colonized yeah. colonized America. Um, uh, yeah.
1: The United States uh, as we know it yeah. is is
0: Yeah, it is a very young. And and so for us it's yes.
1: there I think there I think it was an maybe an Eddie Izzard bit, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, where he did this thing where he was saying how um Americans would be like, oh, we restored this to how it looked 30 years ago. Like it's some significant Thing, <laughs> it's like, yeah. And then there's the thing that's like, <laughs> Europe is scary because it's old, and America's scary because it's big. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's that's accurate.
0: Yes. Yeah. Very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't uh, have like
1: castles and shit. So
0: they don't have much time. Yeah. At all. Um. And Ang only knows airbending and like kind of kind of knows water bending mm-hmm. um so he's gonna need teachers stat yeah uh <clears throat> which also means like he has katara but katara doesn't really know what she's doing yeah either. yeah um he's gonna need an earthbending teacher and then he is also going to have to find a firebending teacher. Yeah, which. Somehow.
1: Who. Who. How is he going to.
0: How? Who's going to do that? They're all trying to kill him. I. Especially because in this episode, we see the extent to which they're trying to kill him. Yeah, and like. I, it's like it's even the people, bad. even the monks who are supposed to be looking over his fucking temple. Yes, only one of them. Yeah. would help and him. see. And I thought that that one—they one... are all now imprisoned. So even if this is just the one person, like he's in jail,
1: right? Exactly. I thought that that one. I was like, oh, this—he's going to be the fire. That's going to be who teaches him fire, and then he's in a prison hole or something. And I'm just—that's concerning me. Um, I don't like that one bit. Uh, because we've already seen what Fire Nation likes to do when it comes to prisons, and it feels yucky. Prison bad.
0: Yeah. And now, like, yes, we know that, we know that Aang could potentially, because he has, he could potentially get out of Zuko's grasp again, Mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. Granted, Zuko now knows what he's up against and can prepare more, and yeah. so can Iroh. Yeah. Uh so, but but still, like Aang could could potentially get away from Zuko. Yeah. But now we have Zhao as well.
1: Yeah. Zhao stresses me and out. <laughs> Zhao
0: is a grown-ass man who has more modern uh technology mm-hmm. than Zuko does, because Zuko has been given the hand-me-downs of everything yep. and a shitty crew and a shitty boat. Uh Zhao has the leg up on everything. Mm-hmm. ang could escape Zuko's ship. I am not so sure about being able to escape Zhao's. Yeah. Uh,
1: Zhao, um I he stresses me out in a way that um it's not just like, oh here's the bad guy. It's a certain there's a certain kind of ruthlessness, like there's a certain flavor of ruthlessness in certain villains that comes along that absolutely chills me. And he has that like, it's not just like, oh, he's the bad guy and he's ruthless like that is fine. That's usually how villains are done. This guy, there's something about him. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but there's some quality and it. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the actor. Maybe it's, um, I don't know, but there's something about him that genuinely freaks me out.
0: I feel like there's such a, so I feel like he is, he's a lot of the villains that we get, especially in like children's media mm-hmm. is we usually get, Lawful evil yeah. or chaotic evil. We either get evil with a code, or we get like, ha yeah. I'm evil. <laughs> uh, and I would say that Zhao is one of the best depictions of neutral mm-hmm. evil. He only gives a shit about himself and his acquisition of power. I think maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Lawful evil villains, if they had to fight Zuko, they would be like, this is a kid with like. Obvious PTSD. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't need to fight this child. Yeah, this is first off, I'm gonna win. Second off, even it doesn't matter if I win or lose. This is not a good look. Yeah. <laughs> Zhao meanwhile is like I could take this kid and I could murder him. Yeah, and it would be easy and it would be fine. Yeah. So let's do it. Just blow so him let's up. Do it. Yeah. Like, exactly. That is. That's what's so fucked th- up is like he he. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is because it, it, there, there is. It's so fucked up. It's so fucked there's up. There's logic without a code. And that's terrifying. Logic without morals exactly. is very scary to me. Exactly. Yeah. Logic sans morals, I, that is a very. It frightens me because it's like you're thinking it through and you're still arriving at the evil conclusion.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about like. like other implications for this comet in a world sense. So I will and I don't remember like exactly what they covered in this episode about why the comet is powerful. Um it kind of blurs together with just my lore knowledge. Yeah. Um uh, actually so I'll just ask you, did they did they explain it? They
1: they basically pretty much what is said is that they harnessed its power and they're showing this comet very obviously flames coming off of the comet because that's what they do Um, and pretty much all the information I have is that the Fire Nation harnessed the power of it and it made them stronger Um, and it's returning so it seems like that's going to happen again Um, but that's kind of it that's kind of all I know
0: I will set up some of the world building here for okay. you because it, it trickles out slowly, but it's not like necessarily very spoilery. Okay. Um, but I think will help you like conceptualize what the impact of the comet without the comet impacting the world. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so firebenders and waterbenders are like co- kind of cosmic mm-hmm. in how they are affected. So as with things like the tide... Uh, the waterbenders are impacted by the phases of the moon.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And
0: with the sun, uh, the firebenders are impacted by things like comets and like eclipses. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so, for instance, this comet impacted the firebenders because it made them all like substantially stronger mm-hmm. when it was passing. Um they are <coughs> influenced and given more energy by the comet passing overhead. On the opposite side, if there's an eclipse and there's no sun, firebenders can't do shit. On the opposite side, on full moons, waterbenders are especially powerful. Oh, on new moons, waterbenders can't do shit. Oh, so they okay. have to like think about the impacts of these like oh cosmic God. movements uh for when they're being strategic. Yeah. Wow,
1: okay. Huh. God. That's that's a lot. Isn't that fucking cool? That is really cool. It also seems a little unfair because, you know, fire nation if <laughs> if it's really just eclipses that are fucking with them. They don't happen that often.
0: But that's that's why the, yeah. the comet is so Yeah so important it -hmm. helps them so much that it's like if you don't do this now you you do not stand a chance (sighs) there is no way oh my god no pressure no
1: pressure 12 year old no pressure it's fine none no god my poor little guilt-ridden sugar glider baby i'm (laughs) poor thing But I do love that... uh,
0: Poor thing. Yeah,
1: he's given this challenge and he's like, how am I going to do this? And of course he's like, I guess I'll have to try.
0: Oh, this poor baby. The next episode, I will say, the only thing I'm going to tell you about it is that it is the episode cited for starting the great shipping war oh god in the avatar fandom
1: excellent oh good oh good i love a good ship war i mean i i spent so much time on fanfiction.net you will see i'm why ready i
0: am sure <laughs> <laughs> oh delightful i will say uh so one of the ships is i think very obviously katara and ang right yeah of course we have met the other character in the other ship in this ship war i would love for you to guess what the other ship is oh god i'm trying to think
1: back for this is someone shipped with Aang or shipped with katara or is that not something you can, is that also what i'm supposed to be guessing
0: Oh, I can I can tell you. Shipped with Katara. Haru? <laughs> I
1: don't know how old he's supposed to be, but that was my first that, guess. Uh,
0: we'll, you know, you know, we'll see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get a read on how old he was. So I was like, I feel like he's like Saka's age, but I could be wrong. It's really hard to, to guess. I will say, if people are shipping her with um, Zuko and I have to go through the Hermione Draco thing again, I'm I'm not going to be thrilled, but I'll deal with it. <sighs> just those bad wizard books, man. They. <sighs> they just like set this awful standard for shippers in my brain. <laughs> and it was an exhausting, exhausting time to be a fan of anything. Uh huh. God for those who can't see which is all of you will is just giving me this cute little shrug and they look oh, yeah they look like the shrug emoji and I'm <laughs> furious <laughs> <laughs>
0: And that was the episode. You can find us on social media at Empty The Cues Pod. You can find us on emptythecues.wordpress.com, and again, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com/emptythecues. Next week, I'll be talking to somebody about something. Um, I believe it's going to be a B stars episode. Ooh, season two is coming out soon. I'm so excited. Okay, bye.